0: Have you ever wondered how someone goes from government spy to brand copywriter? No? Oh, well, today you're going to learn anyway. This episode is your chance to get to know more about how I got to be the host of this podcast and what's happening next for Fake Creative in 2021. You're listening to Voice Your Brand, the podcast dedicated to helping you launch and grow your brand online by injecting it with a whole load of personality and creating content that turns followers into loyal fans, all through the power of a unique brand voice. If you're struggling to stand out online, getting stuck writing your product descriptions, or feeling pulled in a million directions when it comes to marketing your e-commerce brand, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Nell Casey, the founder of Fate Creative, an e-commerce copywriting agency that writes things to brands that sell online. Before we dive in, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. All right, let's go. Hello, and welcome to episode seven of the Voice Your Brand podcast. I can't believe that we have made it um, this far already, and I've got so many more great episodes to go. Uh, in the words of Austin Powers, allow me to introduce myself. I'm Nell Casey, the host of this podcast, uh, and the founder of a copywriting agency called Fate Creative. Today, I thought I'd take the chance to share more about who I am, how I got to be doing this whole business and what my plans are for 2021. Personally, I love a little sneaky peek behind the scenes. So if that's you, then plug in those headphones and get ready. Okay, so starting out, uh, I just wanted to mention that Fate Creative isn't actually the first business I've owned. In fact, it's been a little bit of an evolution and I wanna take you back all the way to high school when I had my very first exposure to the world of business in a kind of actual real sense. So this was probably in about year nine, I think. Um, I was doing business studies class at the time. And part of the, I guess, curriculum for that year was where we got to create our own Business and it it was really cool. Like we were taught how to put together a business plan, how to come up with an idea for our products, how to price them. And then we actually got to sell our products at a real life fair during lunchtime at school. And we got to actually make real money doing that. So I was like super excited about this uh, and like came up with a business idea that I thought was just gonna be an absolute winner. So this was way back in like 1999 uh, or thereabouts and the Clueless movie had been out then for a couple of years but I don't know if you remember in that movie Cher has like this fluffy pen that she kind of like writes with at school and she plays around with it and it's like regular pen but it's kind of got this fluffy like feathers at the top of it. Anyway me and my friends thought those were so cool and we all wanted to get them but we couldn't find anywhere that really sold them at the time. So I decided that I'd make them and sell them at this business fair that we had. So of course I took myself down to Lincraft um, or actually probably I got my mum to drop me off at um, Lincraft and I went to buy supplies. I figured out how I was going to make them. There was a lot of like experimenting with pens and glue and ribbons and fabric to figure out the perfect way to put them together. Uh, And then I sold them on the day and I think probably around three or $4 each or something like that. And honestly, like it was so successful. I could not believe it. In fact, I'm pretty sure I sold out and even had people asking for them later on um, after the fair had ended. So I decided I'd keep making them, like why not? Um, And it was such a great little business to have that I would basically just run at school. So like my friends would say, you know, can I get one in pink or can I get one in blue? Because of course I offered them in multiple colours. I think I had purple as well. Anyway, and, you know, so I'd go home and I'd make a batch of them on the weekend and then I'd come back to school and I would sell them, you know, like at the lockers and I'd keep them in my, in my locker and, um, you know, I was like making pretty okay money doing it, of course, I kept my business skills. So I knew how much it cost me to make each one. Uh, And then when I had enough money, I even bought my supplies, like the pens in bulk. Like I was really thinking about it um, in a lot of detail. And I even had branched out to making hair clips with like ribbon on them and cute flowers, like very, very nineties. I cannot express that (laughs) so much to you, but you know, it was this great little business that I had and it taught me a lot about really thinking about your audience and your customers and what they would want to buy and then making things to meet that need. And I didn't go totally crazy with everything I was making. I just had a small range of stuff that I knew I could basically I could sell. But of course, eventually I got tired of making these products every weekend um, and my business kind of fizzled out. And also, I think basically because I sold so many to everyone that I ran out of customers at school. But, you know, like it was a great little start for business. Okay, so of course, despite my early entrepreneurial success, I ended up going to uni um, and I was studying international relations. So nothing businessy, nothing even related to what I do now, like communications or journalism. Growing up in Canberra, I pretty much always thought that I would go into the public service. Like my dad's a public servant, pretty much every, like half the parents I knew were public servants. So I just thought that that was where I would end up as well. Spoiler alert, I did And while I didn't do a degree that was directly related to writing, what it did involve um, was a lot of researching and actually a lot of writing as well. So these are still skills that I definitely use in my work today, even though, of course, at the time I was studying what's going on in international politics and economics rather than like a brand voice and uh, e-commerce. So after I finished uni, I applied to work for a local government agency. I also did a brief stint working for the Japanese consulate in Melbourne, um, which, yeah, that was really fun too. (laughs) Um, But of course, I was like, I wanted to enter this government agency. My role was as an open source analyst, which meant that I would essentially gather information that was available on the internet, i.e. in the open, uh, and then synthesize it and then send that out to other departments. Uh, I was also um, an Indonesian language specialist, so I was looking for that content in Indonesian. So there was translation involved in that as well. And look, technically I was a spy. The organization that I worked for was a spy agency or part of the intelligence community in Canberra, but I wasn't really the glamorous kind of spy. Like my days were basically spent sitting at a computer, scrolling news sites, translating that information, writing it up. And even though it didn't have all the like bells and whistles of an international mysterious career, I really, really enjoyed it. I worked with some really great people and we all really just loved the work that we did. But I turned 25, I'd lived in Canberra pretty much my entire life, and I decided that I wanted to spread my wings a little and see what it was like to live in a bigger town. So I packed up my truck, I arranged a flat (laughs) with a friend of mine and I moved myself down to Melbourne. And, you know, it was pretty good. I really enjoyed Melbourne. I enjoyed the nightlife and the cafe culture. I found a job working for the Victorian government for a while. Probably wasn't as fun as what I was um, used to. I know people like government work fun, but uh, yeah, it just wasn't as challenging for me. So I decided to sidestep into financial services, which I enjoyed a lot more because I got to work really closely with our clients and I got to help put together their, um, strategy documents for their financial plans. And also I just was surrounded by, I guess, conversations about money, uh, and how to make it work for you, which I also like enjoy as a topic. Now, the other thing about it was when I had first moved to Melbourne, I took up salsa dancing mostly as a way to meet people. My flatmate had actually found some like free classes so we started going along to it. And I just absolutely, loved it. Like I just totally fell into this world of salsa dancing. I started taking more and more classes. I was going out on the weekends and social dancing. I met a lot of friends. Like I just really fell into this world. And the thing about um, salsa dancing and other types of dancing is that you wear a specific type of shoe, like a salsa shoe, they're called, like duh. (laughs) Um, But these tended to be a little bit expensive in Australia at the time and also kind of limited in styles. Like they were very plain neutral because they're generally designed for ballroom dancing um, and competition. So they had to be quite neutral so that they would go with your costume. But um, I had found a brand in the US that made a lot more stylish salsa shoes and really, really good quality. And I decided to start ordering a few shoes for me and my friends, just so that we would have some options. And I did kind of like one order and I got them and I had ordered a couple of extra ones and I sold those and more people were asking me about it. Kind of like how my, um, high school business had started. And I just decided, Hey, I'm going to do this as a business. And I registered a business name, I built my first website um, pretty much by myself and, you know, I still remember the day that I got my very first order. It was from someone I didn't even know, um, but they had actually worked not far away from where I worked. So on my lunch break, I hopped on my scooter um, and I headed over there and I hand delivered my first order. Like I was so freaking excited to do it. Um, Yeah, absolutely loved it. And, you know, growing that business also taught me a lot about really putting yourself in the shoes of your customer. No pun intended. Um, You know, I really had to start thinking about how to market this business, particularly because, you know, I wanted to make it a bit of a success. I wanted to sell more of these products. I was importing importing products from the US, which isn't necessarily cheap, although the dollar (laughs) was a lot friendlier to um, imports at the time. And, you know, I started to learn a lot more about marketing and business and how I could get my business out there among the community of salsa dancers in Melbourne and around Australia. And, you know, I did a lot of content marketing and some social media. And as I was writing this content and writing blogs, and I did some like interviews with salsa dancers and stuff like that, I realized that content marketing was a thing and that business owners would pay people to write this type of content. So even though I was still running my salsa shoe business, I kind of branched out and I started writing content for other businesses as well. And I was a bit like, oh, I can't believe this is a thing you can get paid to do to write, you know, content from the comfort of home, essentially. So I was running these, I guess, Two smaller side hustles uh, as I was still working for a financial uh, services firm, and then I think it was around 2013, I decided that I would give freelance content writing a red hot go, as well as running myself some shoe business. Uh, you know, I basically quit that job, um, and I, I had a party <laughs> for my content writing business. It was actually really fun. I hired a little bar and I put drinks on and I invited my friends and I invited my family. Like my parents even came down from Canberra for it. It was really cool. And, you know, I just said, this is what I'm doing now. I'm writing content. And I, you know, really organically grew the business through a bit of word of mouth, obviously through my own marketing side of things as well. And you just was figuring out how to, how to write (laughs) for other businesses. And look, to be honest, I didn't really have a name for what I was doing at that time. I was like, I'm I'm a content writer. Um, I wasn't totally sure what a copywriter did or if I was a copywriter at the time, but obviously I figured that out (laughs) now. Um, And, you know, I started to learn about what I liked writing and who I wanted to work with. But yeah, look, during that time, I also realized that that whole like laptop lifestyle, work from home kind of thing is a bit of BS I really struggled to work from home by myself um, you know I think at about six months in I was running my business as if it was a regular nine- to five like sitting down at the kitchen table the you know laptop open writing for clients trying to find new clients trying to you know learn as much as possible as well like taking courses but sitting there by myself every day was getting very dull. <laughs> and I found myself getting more and more distracted and just less able to get through the work with a really positive attitude. Uh, so I s- sort of like, s- I feel like I was searching for a co-working space, but I also had accidentally come across a co-working space that, wor- that was opening like just really close to my house. Uh, and when I kind of, I was like, oh, this is what a co-working space is. I get to work with people in real life. This is amazing. You know, this was a real turning point for my client work as well, because finally I had somewhere that I could go that was not my kitchen table, (laughs) that I could go and focus and feel like I was going to a job. I think, which is really important for my mindset, definitely to have that separation and that, um, those, those distinct spaces to work. But I also met so many amazing business people that, you know, I collaborated with, but also, they've become like real friends to me as well. Even now, like I'm still connecting with people that I met um, probably four or five years ago, uh, you know, and I, I still either work with them or I hang out with them or we just chat about business and that kind of thing. So being like surrounded by all these other business folks really helped me to understand my own business and I guess see where I could take it. Uh, And, you know, I was also exploring the types of clients that I wanted to work with and also the type of work that I wanted to produce for them. Which brings me, I guess, to the start of Fate Creative, the business, because it hasn't been around as long as I've been doing the freelance content writing. But I launched it, um, I guess, the business under this brand name about two years ago. And the real purpose for doing that Uh, was first of all to create something that was a bit more powerful that I could help more business owners with their content um, and really focus on e-commerce copywriting because I just like working with the kinds of brands I worked with. I like building brand voice. I like just, I don't know, working with rad brands. It's like really just fun for me to create a brand personality out of a product, Um, you know, and I have really enjoyed doing that for my own mini businesses. And I really like doing it for the types of clients that I work with. And, you know, having Fate Creative and I, set, I guess relaunching that brand name and the new website and the new copy has allowed me to focus that messaging and create something that's not just me, it's like bigger than me. And look, my website is pretty fun personally. Like I'm going to say that it's quite bright. Um, it's got some really cool illustrations. My website designer did a cracking job with it. Um, and my brand designer has just created a really beautiful, strong branding for me. Of course I wrote the copy. Um, I'm just going to say I like it too. Uh, you know, so it's, it's a really cohesive brand, which again is what I want to be able to create for my clients as well. So I want to be able to showcase that. And as the brand has launched, I've had the opportunity to work with more and more e-commerce clients, Um, even with like people that I hadn't really thought that I would be working with like startup brands. Um, I initially had started and said, oh, I think I'm going to be working with brands that are in that kind of rebrand or that revamp or that growth phase. But I am just so lucky and I love that so many brands who are in that startup phase are coming to work with me because they're, they're realizing that starting a brand and launching a new product with a really clear and defined brand messaging and personality allows you to enter the market with like a real bang. And I've worked with clients that have gone on to sell their products out within weeks Of launching, uh, you know, which is just really amazing. Obviously, it's a testament to the quality of their product as well. Um, But again, having that really defined messaging allows them to do that. And I've also, of course, worked with established brands and have helped them define or get really clear on their brand voice so that they can move into new markets, expand their product range and meet more customers. Okay, sorry, that's a bit about where I have come from uh, and how I've built Fate Creative, I guess, into what it is at the moment, which is a copywriting agency working specifically with e-commerce brands who want to create a unique brand personality, whatever that means for them. But what's next? You know, as we approach the end of 2020 and what a year 2020 has been, (laughs) I'm really starting to plan for 2021 and how I can help more business owners because that's just what I love doing, and how you know I can take my business, I guess, where I want it to go over the next few years. So the first thing that I uh, am going to be doing, and I like haven't really announced this yet, so this is kind of the announcement <laughs> that this is happening, is that I am going to be launching a course that is designed to help e-commerce business folks who want to DIY their own brand voice and copy. So. I have done a lot of work with startup brands. I'm really clear about my process and I just know that I can teach this to other business owners who maybe want to have a little bit more control over the process and how it works or, you know, budget is a bit of a consideration because yes, totally a consideration when you're launching a new brand or a new business. But, you know, I just want to create something that more people will be able to come in uh, and create a brand voice that's really unique and kick-ass and different so that they can have the same success that my clients have had. As well as that uh, launching a course, I am going to be hiring a couple of people, one to two to start with, obviously, um, so that I can help more business owners. Like it's always my philosophy that you want to hire people that are smarter than you or more skilled in something that you're not. Uh, So I'm going to be looking to expand my team and basically just hire some really great people that I know are going to complement the type of work that I do with my clients and just allow us to do more of that great work. And my other kind of, I guess, goal or focus for 2021 is to build my network of really cool service providers who work with e-commerce brands so that, you know, if someone needs some help in a particular area, then I don't offer them. Um, or I'm not the right person for it, then we'll find someone that can help you out. Uh, You know, and you can, I guess, access (laughs) that network of people because I have just met so many really great skilled e-commerce service providers who do all sorts of things like, you know, marketing, brand strategy, design, websites, social media, all that kind of stuff. So I wanna be able to, I guess, tap into that network for my clients um, and, you know, build that. I'm not quite sure how that network's gonna look like at the moment, but stay tuned, that community is happening. So yeah, that's a bit of a like quick and dirty rundown of my, I guess, business story and how I've got to where I'm going and a little bit of a sneak peek about where I'm going next year. Uh, Look, I would love to learn a little bit more about you as my listener. Um, So do me a solid screenshot this episode and send me like a a tag me in the message with like three things that you've done to get to where you are today. Just three things, a little bit of a background. Hey, let's just see what conversations that's gonna start. I always love knowing how people have got to where they're going. Um, That's it from me today today everybody. I really appreciate you hanging around, uh, listening to the podcast. I've got some more great episodes lined up in the bank. So stay tuned for those. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button so you get the notification when we launch next. And hey, if you're enjoying these podcasts, these episodes, <laughs> then why don't you leave me a review? I would really love to know uh, what you like about the pod. And if you have any suggestions for topics or people that I can chat to, feel free to send me a message. I'm at, well, my website is Fate Creative. And on Instagram, you can DM me at Fate Creative. That's F E T E C R E A T I V E. Until next time, see you later. If you're loving the podcast, why not head on over and leave me a review? It'll help people just like you to find it and make sure you're subscribed to get all the latest episodes right in your podcast player. That's it from me for now. Until next time, may your brand sparkle. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Wadarong people, and we pay our respects to Elders past, present, and emerging. We acknowledge the stories, traditions, and living cultures of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples on this land and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded.